it was kind of weird hosting, but yeah, I, I think it. Uh, you did a great job. I, very you well did an done. awesome job. Yeah, great. All right, film. thanks. We don't I, I need was, to David anymore. We can tell him to stop coming. <laughs> are we gonna? Are we gonna savagely cut him out of this business deal? Are we going oh. to take all our user contributions and just keep them for ourselves and cut them out? Yeah, this is actually what the intro to the episode is going to be. So when David hears this for the first time, it's going to be all of us talking about how we're getting off the podcast. <laughs> Surprise, David. You're out. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. I'm Andrew, and today Colin, Hunter, Chad, and I will discuss the 2010 biological drama, well, biographical drama, <laughs> The Social Network, which is currently available on Netflix at the time of this recording. This movie was written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by David Fincher, and stars Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, and Army Hammer. Next week, we'll be watching the recently Oscar-nominated film, The Power of the Dog, which is currently available on Netflix. Finally, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to follow us and turn on notifications on whatever platform you're listening so that you will be notified when we post our next episode. Now for a brief synopsis of the film before we begin our discussion. As Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg creates the social networking site that would become Facebook, he is sued by the twins who claimed he stole their idea and by the co-founder who is later squeezed out of business. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so we highly recommend you watch the movie before listening. Now to hand it off to Colin. What do you think about this movie? Thanks, Andrew. Uh, I really like this movie. I remember this may have been one of the first movies I've ever like bought in person physically, uh, just because I liked it so much when I saw it for the first time uh, david fincher is incredible he's probably one of my favorite directors and overall it's such a clean package that the movie provides the dialogue is compelling overall the movie looks fantastic uh, and it really draws back the curtain on a lot of these uh, really important figures um, case in point mark zuckerberg that are essentially running a lot of the world all these digital you know tycoons um, and it really showcases the fact that they shouldn't have any power just because how crazy they are uh, and how they are self-serving and manipulative and i mean it's really telling that he created facebook just to get you know laid you know just to like because he's a nerdy dude and he you know threw away all of his friends in order to get more power and more money and i i think it's a compelling story um, I think it is, uh, you can definitely align it and have a parallel with Citizen Kane. Andrew, cover your ears. I like this movie more than Citizen Kane. But yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's memorable. I think it's impactful. Yeah, and that's the reason why we're not called The Amped about movies. We dropped the The. Also, Justin Timberlake is way too good in this movie, too. Like, he is unnecessarily he, good. He really is. Movie, which I... I I mean, he's good, like, regardless. He's great, like, on SNL bits and stuff, but he is great in this movie, and I love it. I totally agree. Honestly, I thought it, I thought this movie was really well cast. And, uh, yeah, he, he really 
played Sean Parker very well, I thought. I like and I and by the way, I, I had no concept of who that person was before this movie, but like as soon as I saw Justin Timberlake, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly who this person should be played by. Also, I thought that was a good uh, comparison to Citizen Kane. Like, I didn't even think about that, but that's actually a, a very fair comparison. And I took no offense to the fact that you liked this one better. Um, so, very good. Okay, Hunter, what'd you think? Yeah, speaking of which, Justin Timberlake went on a pretty sweet run in that 2010-2011 period because right after this came out, in 2011 in time came out does anybody remember that movie where people had to pay money was replaced with time and you had to pay and that was it's a great bad movie and justin timberlake did an awesome job acting in it and it was super fascinating uh just uh super super fascinating script anyway i just wanted to mention that because when you talked about jt he also had a pretty sweet acting gig uh a little while after. I love this movie. I was telling Beard before this, I try and watch this movie about once a year. There is an intangible aspect about this film that I love. In between, I love the color palette. The muted colors feels very Harvard. Uh, it also sort of feels Miami University where we went to school. Uh, seeing that Red Brick Campus brought instant flashbacks to our university life. And a combination between the color palette, the sound design, and the way certain scenes are shot, I thought this was just a very well-made film on top of something that was captivated, written well, and overall just a fascinating story. You break it down from the technical aspects first, and I just think that the way the story was laid out where you're launched into trying to piece everything together because you're following Mark Zuckerberg's story from the start. And then all of a sudden you're catapulted into these two different lawsuits and you're trying to figure out, at least for my first time seeing this movie, I was trying to figure out what's going on. Where, where are we in the story? What's happening? And as the story progresses, you're trying to piece it all together. And then you realize, oh, okay, this is what they're referring to. And you see things lay out. And I just really loved the direction they went in rather than telling the story from start to finish and saying, okay, this is everything that happened chronologically. They interspersed the two separate lawsuits. And I thought that that gave plenty of time for the story to breathe. It also allowed us to see all the characters at different points in time and see where they ended up in their development a little bit while also being able to still feel that the character has developed. And what I mean by that is you could see, for example, Andrew Garfield's character and how he feels at the very end of the film in the middle. You can see his disdain toward Mark Zuckerberg and how hurt he is. And as you see that pain and you see him, how much he's hurt, how much he's mad at him, you then are launched into a scene where you see him get hurt and you see all of this happened to him and you see all the tragedy that happens but really after you know what's going to happen and i i almost feel like that makes a lot of the emotional scenes in this movie hit a lot harder because you can see that the character has gone through that and struggled and when those scenes approach you know there's nothing you can do to avoid it you know that is going to happen to them 
and that they're sitting there on the other side just hurt battered and i just really love the chronology uh, of how this is laid out uh, i also love the sound design particularly uh, trent reznor did an awesome job working on this uh if you notice when particularly when mark zuckerberg is talking really at the start of the film and he's in either an argument or a conversation or something or something's going wrong you, the music crescendos and it feels like it, it's a sound that isn't your fingernail scratching on the on a chalkboard but it it makes you feel like that your brain's kind of it doesn't mesh well and it feels like something's wrong and it's used very well to symbolize conflict and sort of puts you into the shoes of Mark Zuckerberg and how he might be feeling in his emotional state during this conflict and the erraticness of it. And I just thought that, that was really well done, really, really well done. And so overall, I think this is technically a fantastic movie, uh, but also it's just such a joy to watch and such a fascinating story. I think it's, it's fascinating to see, Colin, I, I think your comparison to Citizen Kane is really great. Uh, I never thought about that before them but thinking about it now about how somebody goes so high and then you would say falls from grace but we look now over 10 years after this movie has came out and I mean Facebook's still going and so it's fascinating now to look back and see what it was when this movie was made who Mark Zuckerberg was uh, at what point in time this happened and also where things have gone since then and how crazy this has become i think the i'll end it with i think one of the lines that maybe laughed the most was dakota johnson when uh justin timberlake as sean parker says what's this thing called the facebook and dakota johnson says oh it's we've had it for about two weeks and she says it's throwaway but she says it's freakishly addictive i'm on it like five times a day i could not help but laugh thinking Wow, if only they knew what our world would become <laughs> with social media. If only they knew. <laughs> and so I, I, that was a great, that line aged beautifully so well. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed this movie. And as a fan of entrepreneurship and creativity and innovation, it's, it's fascinating to see one of these stories and see somebody really create something out of nothing. And um, even if they don't do it in the best way possible, and they are, a complete journey. All right. Yeah, um, you brought some interesting points there. I, I um, as for your last point about like lines that really didn't age well, or maybe did age well, um, I thought I that that's a good one that you you pointed out. I, another one that I thought of was um, the the line where Mark Zuckerberg was very adamantly like. No, we gotta have good servers. Like Facebook doesn't just break down, you know. <laughs> like that happened last year, and it was like, like I don't know, big news story, or whatever. Um, so I just th thought it was funny that like now that they had like billions and billions of dollars and like all the resources at their disposal, like it, it just happened to happen. So um, there's that. And then another thing you talked about was like the sound design and the music. I, I read all over the place that it was like fantastic, but I don't know. I didn't. I did not gleam much from it personally but um i don't know maybe that's uh i'll, I'll know some more the second time okay anyway now i'm going to hand it off to beard what do you think about this movie 
Thanks, Andrew. Well, you know, I thought it was a pretty good one. Um, I, you know, first off, I, I was pretty shook that this movie was made in 2010, uh, only like six years after Facebook was established. I mean, most people I know didn't have a Facebook account in 2010, like came later. Like, I think I got, I think I started mine in like 2012, maybe. So it's kind of crazy that they, they went and like, first of all, there was a book written about this in 09 and then they made a movie about it in 2010 all before Facebook, like it had already taken off, but it wasn't, you know, nearly as widespread as it is today. And I was watching this with my girlfriend, Jess, and she said, yeah, it's super weird that they made this movie about Mark Zuckerberg while he was still alive. And Mark Zuckerberg said that too. And like, I was like, yeah, I could kind of feel that. Like, especially since they (laughs) really do not portray Mark Zuckerberg in a good light at all. I'm like, yeah, that is kind of weird that they would do that. Um, but again, that that's what happened with Citizen Kane. Uh, William Randolph first was alive when that movie was made, and he was also not happy about it. And uh, yeah, it was also interesting, too, because they like painted all these controversies about Facebook, which, I don't know, were probably a big deal at the time. But yeah, like you were saying, Hunter, the controversies that exist now for Facebook seem like they're way worse or, you know, like way more significant than what was going on then. So I did kind of wonder, like, as I was watching, I was like, man, they should really make another one of these movies to talk about like the more recent stuff. And sure enough, on the wiki page, it was talking about how um, Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher were like, yeah, let's do it again. (laughs) And that was in 2019. So I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll see some kind of sequel come out uh, at some point. Um, other than that, I uh, yeah, it was it was a well-made movie. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, it. I could tell that it was before I even knew it was written by Aaron Sorkin. I could tell it was written by Aaron Sorkin because the like the the dialogue and the pacing were very uh, very him, you know. Especially since we watched Trial of the Chicago Seven, I actually thought those two movies were very similar because they they like you were talking about Hunter. They're both talked or they're both um, presented through. I, I don't want to say courtroom dramas because in the social network, they technically were not in court, but, you know, legal, you know, legal disputes. That, that's how they tell the story. Right. And so while they're going through the proceedings, then they go and, and talk and, and flash back to moments where that information is relevant. And they did this like very specific thing that I noted in the trial of the Chicago seven, which is that they would like cut mid sentence to like somebody else completing the sentence in another scene, which I thought was really cool. And again, that's very Aaron Sorkin. So very well done. It was, it was well edited. I think it won an Oscar for that too. And it was really enjoyable and, and well-paced. Uh, it was like very well-paced. It was very engaging the whole time. Just like a general thing <laughs> that uh, bothered me, not about the movie, but just about like the, the circumstances in general, man, I hated that, that, the Wingo Vosses were like pursuing this, this, uh, this lawsuit, right? Like they, like, in my opinion, they had no legitimate claim to intellectual property for Facebook. Cause like they, they didn't own anything. They didn't like own a patent on the idea. Like they, all they had was an idea. Like they, they that's not like legally protectable. At least I think I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know. It was just, it was so frustrating to me. Cause like every time they, they cut to their, their, uh, their like litigation or whatever 
I, I felt exactly like Mark Zuckerberg did in that scene where he's like, you have my minimum amount of attention. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is, this is so dumb. <laughs> so anyway, it was a great movie though. I really enjoyed watching it. So it was very good. All right. I love that scene when, <laughs> before they have the, the big lawsuit and they try to have the small one by going to the president of Harvard. <laughs> that was gold. When the president was just like, "What? What are you? What are you talking about? What are you doing? Why? Why is this taking up part of my day?" And <laughs> I just thought that was amazing. I thought that was hilarious. I loved that he called it petty larceny. Obviously, not knowing that like Harvard students are capable of creating billion-dollar corporations. But anyway, <laughs> all right, uh, Chad. Finally. Bring us home. What'd you think? I thought it was very coincidental that we happened to watch this movie the same time period that Facebook sets a record for single day market value losses on the stock market. Let's go. Let's lose $230 billion in a day. So I, I thought that was so funny that I'm like, as, as I'm like watching the movie and like, you know, looking things up, I, I paying attention to the news and i'm like oh they lost so much money in one day it was crazy um obviously most of that will probably be recovered and their stock will again go up but like i i just thought that was such a such an odd coincidence um i agree with a lot of the points that you made i enjoyed the writing a lot i enjoyed the pacing a lot um andrew i don't know why you didn't enjoy the music i thought the the score would kind of be like right up your alley i thought it, it added a lot to the ambiance of the entire film I thought the acting was standout um, from just about everybody. I really appreciate it. I think it's Brenda Song. I think, it, dude, I like, what a random character. And she just, like, went all in on it and absolutely crushed it. I was like, that. this is such a nice, like, layer to add to this film. Um, and I, the thing that really fascinates me about this is every time I watch it, I end up feeling at least a little bit bad about all of these people who are, if not multi-millionaires, probably getting close to being billionaires at this point, other than Mark Zuckerberg. I don't, you know, the movie doesn't really make me feel bad for him, but like most of these other characters, I end up feeling at least a little bit bad for. And, and I have to stop and I have to remind myself, I'm like, these people have more money than I will ever even, you know, be able to contemplate in my life. And I feel bad that they're being portrayed negatively in a movie. So I know Andrew, you were saying it's like it's kind of crazy that they came out with this movie and Mark Zuckerberg wasn't happy about it. Mark Zuckerberg's a billionaire. I don't care if he doesn't like how the movie portrays him. You know, he he got everything he wanted. So if he's upset that the you know he he looked bad, you know, in this film, too bad. I thought the I, I thought the movie did a great job of portraying him. And honestly, I thought it did a great job of portraying the type of personality that you probably need to create a multi-billion dollar company. You probably need to be cold and callous and calculating and, you know, kind of step on some people on your way to the top. And I thought it did a superb job of, of capturing what the type of person who can probably achieve these types of things is capable and willing to do in order to achieve them. Well said, well said. Chad, building on what you said about how ironic it is that we were talking about this as Facebook's stock uh, sort of stumbles a bit. So as you were talking, I, I just quickly looked up sort of the Winklevoss twins because I was curious about 
from a lawsuit perspective, why they why they won if there was something that wasn't included in the movie that actually was evidence and and led them to win because I did a little bit of research, nothing I can speak for sure, but there are as in any biopic, there are things that are true, there are things that aren't, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so during that, <laughs> I found two articles that are pretty interesting first, and these are headlines. I've not read these articles. Let me clarify. I have not done my due diligence, but I nonetheless, I will still read this headline, is that Zuckerberg has reportedly, and this is back in 2019, uh, held talks with the Winklevoss twins in terms of Facebook's cryptocurrency plans. I would love to be in a room to see what that conversation is. <laughs> I mean, here are the Winklevoss twins. They've started their own uh, crypto exchange. And Mark Zuckerberg saying, yeah, you know, I want to get into crypto. And he calls up the people that he stole the idea from. And <laughs> what does what does that conversation be like? What? How does he even get them on the phone? How? What's the first thing that he says? Hey, how... How you doing? Tell tell me about this new thing you've started. Uh huh. Tell tell me about the progress you've made, and and what do you when your what your plans are for the future are. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. And then the second part was, <laughs> which seems very in character, is that Larry Summers, the dean for Harvard, who I thought was hilarious <laughs> in that uh in the scene when the Winklevoss twins go to complain about Mark Zuckerberg stealing their idea and try to get expelled. Uh, he publicly in 2011 uh, called the Winklevoss twins stupid for, uh, and ridiculous for suing Mark Zuckerberg and their actions. He, he was not a fan of them and publicly called them out uh, so many years later on that, which I just thought was this guy really has some type of grudge against both of those. Both of those two, but I thought that was a little funny as well. Dude, I have a grudge against them. <laughs> I was also bothered <laughs> for all those reasons. By well, the way, I, well, looked, I can uh, understand. I, 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 I don't know. I feel because from their perspective, from the Winklevoss twins' perspective, even though they do seem like jerks, and I, I don't want to say jerks. I take that back. They seem... From this perspective, I guess a little pretentious, maybe, and saying how they spell their name and acting a little uppity. But I can understand if you're not a coder, you don't have coding experience, and you think you've come up with a great idea. You found one person that you think you can do the job, you trust, you tell them the idea, you turn around. 45 days later, you think that the person's working for you, and it turns out they built that same idea out on the run, and then you have nothing to do not like you can start up the next day you still don't have the skills to be able to do that 45 days later and so i could understand them feeling wronged from a perspective of this is something we fleshed out and they needed the right person to do it and that person truly did steal from them i can understand that feeling of of being duped and that that person owes you something because from their perspective if they would never came to mark zuckerberg with that idea Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't have, he would never have built Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg would be doing something else right now because they were the ones that originated it. They had the idea Mark Zuckerberg just implemented it and elaborated on it. And so there's, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, intellectual property and intellectual property theft. 
And so I, w- I will say that from their perspective, I, I do understand why they would react to this way. I mean, I get it too, but also like, I don't think that they're necessarily justified. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I kind of agree with what Chad said about Mark Zuckerberg and not really feeling a lot of pity for Mark Zuckerberg because like him, the, the, uh, the Winklevoss twins also came from big money. They're Olympic athletes. They are very successful now in life. They're not hurting because they were cut out of Facebook. Like not at all. Right. Like this was, and they, and I would even go out to say that this lawsuit was not for money. They, it was just like super petty and they just wanted to like get back at Mark Zuckerberg because they felt like they were cheated out, which like, you're right. Like, I mean, they, I mean, their idea was stolen, but again, you know, I think in that initial meeting with Mark Zuckerberg, they were, you know, kind of condescending to him and probably left a bad impression, whether they meant to or not. That's kind of, I mean, I don't know if we can read too much into the accuracy of, of this movie, but I mean, they were portrayed kind of being condescending the whole time. So that's probably just their personality. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, rubbed them the wrong way. And then Mark Zuckerberg's like, yeah, well, I don't need these guys. <laughs> I can do it all myself. And, and he did. I mean, he could have like went for them for capital, but he chose not to. Um, they financed it themselves with, uh, with Saverin. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was just petty. Yeah. No, that, that is a good point, which is funny. I just thought of this now. You bring up money. And I do, I think, I, I at least feel sorry for Edward Saverin and what happened to him because I think the film really focuses on that and the emotional damage that he felt and the betrayal. But I will say, you also keep in mind from the money perspective, he made $300,000 in one summer, at least according to the movie. That is a period, <laughs> okay, from a college perspective. That is a period of three months, maybe, I, I, no, I'd just say three, of three months. If you're doing that in school, in your sophomore year, then you are going to be just fine. So theoretically, from the argument of money, he also probably didn't need to run. But I can understand from his perspective how he felt cheated the most. Although I will say, even though he is the co-founder and his algorithm did have an important impact he did not do a lot for facebook he get yes he funded them with his own personal finance but in terms of creating deals and creating connections i was thinking about this as well i i understand it's it's hard work and that you're doing the work but i don't know i i, I would have liked i just couldn't help but wonder if edward seven could have spent more time with Mark Zuckerberg fleshing out the business and maybe that did happen and we just didn't see that on film and because they thought that that wouldn't be exciting for film audiences but I couldn't help but wonder if there was just more there if there was more that he did that they didn't show to make it look like he might have not done as much I don't know I I just can't help but wonder because I feel like he would have done much more than we saw on screen yeah that's that's an interesting point and and again I think I'd go back to like I don't know how much uh, factualness we can we can glean from this movie. Um, that's you know definitely dramatized for for enjoyment. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like you know it, it seems like Saverin really tried to you know take charge in in the financial operations, but he just like had conflicting uh, opinions about how things should be done with Zuckerberg, and Zuckerberg kind of just did his own thing instead. So. 
Yeah, I, I, but I was definitely more sympathetic towards Savern. Um, I thought his his lawsuit was way more legitimate. And uh, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, he, he probably got um, the payout he deserved. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think suffice to say, anybody who goes to Harvard is probably said, but yeah, I think he, <laughs> I, I think Severn did deserve that money. I agree. I definitely, I do agree. More importantly, Andrew Garfield. How, I mean, this was, this was 10 years ago. He did a great, this was before he was cast in The Amazing Spider-Man. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was he absolutely phenomenal. He did. I, especially in that scene where like he's, his life is really chaotic where he like got kicked out of Facebook and he's like back at his hotel room and Brenda song, his, his irate girlfriend comes in and like, <laughs> she, what did she do? She like, um, burnt the scarf that he got her or something like that. Like, while he's on the phone with Mark Zuckerberg, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, and by the way, everybody everybody cast in this movie looked a lot like the people they were uh, portraying. You know, granted, you know, everybody in this movie just looked like any old person you grab at Harvard. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, like I looked at every like everybody's real life pictures and I'm like, yeah, wait, that, that looks exactly like the actor who portrayed them. So uh, I kind of like that touch too. Alrighty. Well, uh, anything else before we move on to scores? Okay. Colin, would you rate this movie? Uh, nine out of 10. I liked it quite a bit and I thought it was highly impactful. Uh, I thought it was engaging and uh, I liked it a lot. Well, that is a good score. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Con. I, I did it. Okay, myself. Hunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Colin's book because I'm a little rusty. I forgot to actually rate this movie. <laughs> See, I don't have a score right now. Instead of trying to stall time and fumble through the Excel spreadsheet, I would say that I give this movie... I give this movie... Nine likes, definitely. I think it deserves nine likes. Because, and, and one comment. I'll give it one comment. Again, I, I try and watch this movie once a year. I don't, I, again, as I said, I don't know why. There's some type of intangible thing that I like about it. Whether it's, it's the combination of how well this movie is made and also just the cautionary tale of keeping in mind that when things seem like they're going well and they're chaotic to always sort of seem grounded in where you started, who's helped you get there, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't see Mark Zuckerberg do that with his relationship with Eduardo Savin. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is looking at that and saying, you know, in, in general with whatever we do going forward in life is to never leave that, those people behind. You know, we might not be in the same situation as Mark Zuckerberg, but no matter what anybody does, there's always an opportunity to leave somebody behind, and, um, whether it's burn a bridge or not necessarily rekindle a relationship, et cetera, et cetera, is uh, to not make somebody feel like that. So I always watch this movie as well to kind of keep that in mind. And, um, but it's also just a fantastic movie. 
uh, for some reason, I always associated this movie with college. And so going into Miami, I watched this movie a couple of times. I don't know why this movie of all movies I associated with college have no clue, but it was, I don't know. I thought it was really good. It was also incredibly unrealistic, at least from my college experience perspective, I thought it was very unrealistic seeing these on what looked like a Tuesday night. I'm assuming it was more like a Saturday night, but these women pulling up in a like a party bus to a fraternity house that had a security guard. This was ridiculous. Like I, uh, that, that just, at least from my perspective, that's not a real, that doesn't, that was totally sensationalized for Hollywood. I thought it was hilarious. I told, I told Jess while I was watching, like, this is what I think a Fiji party is like, though I've never been to one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told a similar thing. So I watched this with my mom. And during, particularly during that scene, I looked over and I said, yep, mom, that is what I did all these years at Miami. That was my college experience. And she couldn't help but laugh. She said, sure. All right. Thanks, Hunter. As for me, I, I gave it really solid scores. Nothing, nothing was bad. Um, mostly eights. Lots of eights. I think I gave five eights. Enjoyability, plot, character development, acting. It was just really solid across the board. I gave it a 74 overall, which is a pretty solid score. Makes it in the top 100. Um, It ranks 82nd on my list currently. Um, And I gave it the same score as Dead Poets Society and Dune that we also reviewed on this podcast. So there we go. And finally, Chad, would you rate this movie? I also rated it pretty highly. I gave good scores in acting. I also gave it pretty high scores in impact. I don't know why, but this is one of those movies that like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, like I see snippets or shots or like short clips of this movie, particularly the scene where um, Andrew Garfield comes and like smashes the laptop. I, like I see like clips of like that scene in particular and others from this movie, I, I feel like constantly. I see them so often. Um, so I, I gave it a pretty high impact, and I definitely, you know, if they make a second one, then definitely higher impact. That'd be great. I'd love to see um, our robot overlord Mark Zuckerberg taking on the governments of the world. That would be a great film. Overall, I gave it an 88. Um, this was one that I had seen previously and originally rated uh, back when I was doing like all of my movies in college gave it an 88 then and I'm, I'm gonna stick with an 88 now I think I think uh, the repeat viewing it's what I thought it was all right excellent yeah and, and as for impact uh, you're right I, I, I feel like as I was reading about this movie it just popped up on every single like best of the 2000s or the 2010s or anything kind of list so i think that's that's a pretty fair assessment and uh yeah i guess now that i think about it it does kind of show up a lot like i feel like i always knew about this movie even though i'd never seen it before uh this viewing and yeah it's just kind of it's almost like ubiquitous now like everybody knows about it and it's just kind of everywhere so very good point all righty well i think that is going to wrap it up for this week We'd love to hear from our listeners, whether it's behind-the-scenes questions or movie suggestions. 
Do you think there will be a sequel to The Social Network? Let us know by leaving a rating or by emailing us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com. We hope this episode has gotten you amped about The Social Network, and we'll catch you next week when we discuss The Power of the Dog. Peace.